P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and this is Matt, and this is the most important episode we've ever done. Yeah, I'll say this is real <laughs> important, Shelby. <laughs> Have you been practicing that? That was really good. I've been. I've taken voice lessons for a year now <laughs> in oh preparation gosh, for off. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to begin by singing you a song that uh, a friend of mine wrote. No, wait, though. That was really impressive. I'm actually, I'm, I didn't know if you'd pre-recorded that or something. It sounded really well done. <laughs> well, you know, I try to, I try to bring it and really yeah. uh get my crap together for these podcasts <laughs> yes so. no this is important this is you brought this movie up a star is born when the trailer first came out or like centuries ago and you've been talking trash about it ever since so i, I mean have been. <laughs> we can't like get into it yet but i'm excited no. i'm excited i'm excited to talk about it too i know there, there's so much to talk about so <laughs> So many yeah. different levels to this movie. Just layers and layers. Yes. It's like an onion. It's like yeah. shrimp. It's like an ogre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This movie is an ogre. Hence Put that on voice. the poster. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. But until we get to that, we have some, some stuff to cover. Oh, yeah. I feel like on one hand, nothing happened this week. Yeah. And then today I was looking at stories and I was like, oh, 17 things just happened yeah. in the last hour. Well, so I have something. Okay, yeah, you go ahead first. You're <laughs> I'm sure this is I'm sure everyone knows what I'm about to bring up. It was a huge moment. It was it was just a iconic <sighs> instance. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Taylor Swift has been very mom on politics her entire career. When she was first, like, you know, when she was a teenager, she was like, I try not to talk about things because I don't want to abuse my power, basically. And so it was a shock to everyone when this week, this Sunday, she posted a long post on Instagram. Long. Long yeah, it was post. long. My friend, like, we were TLDR, at a dinner party. Like, long. <laughs> we were at a dinner party, and my friend started reading it out loud, and I was like, "Cool!" And then it kept going, and I was like, "Okay, can we just like wrap this up? I'll read it later." But, <laughs> but it was a good. It was a pretty bold move. She came out as like she pretty much implied that she's been liberal a long time. She's voted liberal, and she's going to vote Democrat in the next party. And she like outed the Republican. She was like name dropping the Republican as a dirtbag and basically told everyone to not vote for her, which was it was a pretty extreme move to go from I never mentioned politics, never ever to not only saying go vote, but also saying like, P.S., I think this woman is trash and you should never vote for her ever again. But I was curious what you thought of it, because I think you're a little more cynical when it comes to these choices. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Taylor Swift is no dummy like she is very smart and she plans out all of these things that she does now then she tries to play them off as like cool casual like what i didn't (laughs) i wasn't thinking about this at all and it's like no like you have been you've had like spreadsheets and (laughs) google docs and you've been workshopping this statement for months now yeah but i thought it was a little suspicious that she conveniently posted this right after her tour was done Mm -hmm. I think Her the American reason why leg, she yeah. she hasn't been yeah posting 
political statements all along is because she's worried that especially (laughs) when she was a country artist that a lot of people who follow her are going to be conservative or liberal and that that is going to kind of cut into her sales so i thought it was convenient that okay the moment we're done raking (laughs) in the merch and the money from all of these shows then it's like okay now i'll post this political thing real quick and get everybody riled up the other thing that i was thinking about well i mean okay wait to be fair to be fair to be fair she has posted a few subtly political things she tweeted in support of the women's march and in support of the march for our lives and her her fans i think most of them knew where she stood i think i mean her songs often like hint casually subtly very 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 subtly at um support for the lbgt on her tour she dedicated a song to a lbgt a bisexual like leader and like i think it was all out there except to like the conservative pundits and you well, know i mean yes and no though because that's only <laughs> one issue you know what i mean like, right right like, i've definitely known where she stood on that issue for a while but to say that she's conservative or liberal right. i feel like was harder to see especially that's from fair. like the world that she grew up with but yeah it, am, am i crazy is voting the new ice bucket challenge that's what <laughs> that's that's how it's i feel important. like everybody is like, yeah. which is great i'm like this is like this is a great thing to do like everybody go vote but i feel mm-hmm. like it's very much like trendy right now people aren't voting because they're <laughs> like trendy. actually care they're voting because oh, it's like no. oh my gosh like everybody's doing this all the celebs <laughs> are doing it i'm gonna wear my little i voted button and put it on Instagram. well good please thank you yes we need it i mean even if that's the case like at least people are thinking about it and doing it and like what was crazy about her post was not only all these think pieces that came out of it but there was an intense increase in registrations over the last 24 hours that even like vote.org and like all these like voter registration people were like oh wow the power of taylor swift tennessee since September has gotten like 3,000 registrants and yet 2,000 of those happened in the last 24 hours, which I think is crazy. Mm. And she's like swaying this. (laughs) I mean, I didn't really believe in this idea that celebrities have that sort of like power, you know, like when everyone was mad at her for not speaking up about the election in 2016, I was just like, well, what's the big deal? And now I'm like, wait, maybe she does have like way more influence than I than even I thought. And I'm a super fan. So it's just sort of <laughs> it's a crazy day. I mean, I think we're at a tipping point with the voting thing where yeah. people didn't view it as something that was cool or trendy or <laughs> even like important to do unless you were an adult going into this you know, election cycle. Yeah. And I think that people have just been pushing it so hard and people have been, you know, like voting in the primaries and posting about voting in the primaries. And now that the social media climate has really made it so that you can do something and post about it. And so yeah. people <laughs> who wouldn't have voted generally are like, well, now I I want to go vote solely so that I can post <laughs> that I am voting. Oh my gosh. Maybe they should do like a pop-up shop at all the polls where they can do like I Instagram, know. like, you know, photo shoots and they can have a ball pit of I voted balls, you know, <laughs> this is a good idea. <laughs> to be fair, 
Taylor Swift fans, voting in the election is the easiest thing that they've had to vote for. I mean, they're trying to get those tickets to her concerts, and they're, like, <laughs> buying things and watching videos hundreds of yeah. times. This is all you have to do is, like, fill out a form, show up someplace, and pull some levers. They're like, yeah. oh, this is a piece of cake. Like, That's sign me up right. to vote 50 times. She's been they're training like, oh, no, us. You can only you know? vote once, ma'am. <laughs> I could vote for 75 times for Taylor for an yeah. AMA. How come I can't vote more than once for the president? <laughs> That's a good question. I think that's worth looking into. She should develop a new voting (laughs) system. But I think it's also telling um, she's at the AMAs tonight. It's her first like award show performance this era. She's singing Mm. I Did Something Bad, which is one of her songs that isn't a single. And people are sort of surprised by the song choice. Is it going to be a single? Is that why she's singing it? Yeah, we're not sure. So it'll all be revealed tonight. Um, We're recording this Tuesday, so we'll know more. But I think what's interesting, like you said, is sort of the timing of her choice here. And like, if you're being like non-cynical, you'll just be like, oh, well, it's the closing for registration. Of course, she's going to make a comment now. But what I think is interesting is that I did something bad is all about... You know, it's like, if a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. It's like, you're burning all the witches, so go ahead and light me up. And it's all about, like, people having this perception of her getting angry, getting mad, ranting and raving against her, and her being like, whatever. So people are like, did she plan this all as a stunt to get interest in a performance that she's about to do at the AMAs, where she'll be like, you know, screw you guys, I... I already raked in all the Republican dollars on my million on my like award winning tour. And now I'm going to sing about how I don't give an F what you guys say about me because it doesn't matter because I'm still on top type thing. (laughs) So do you think that this performance tonight is going to be politically charged? Like, do you think that when we watch it, we're going to know that it's political or no? I don't know. I think that would be too... uh much but again she loves a theme and she loves like dedicating herself to one like thing at a time so in when she did the apple letter where she was like oh i'm not gonna put my music on apple until you pay artists royalties that was all she talked about in interviews and stuff and so it would be interesting if she has this like political moment where she's like i'm gonna talk about this now because i'm controlling this part of the narrative and so i don't know i'm interested to see her performance but i wouldn't be surprised if it's more if it's just her tour performance which is still a great a great show <laughs> love it very interesting well we shall see I know. do you know what time she's performing are we going to be getting live she's doing the during opening the number no i'm trying oh not to gosh. look i know <laughs> But it starts at 7 and she's already appeared in a disco dress. And so it'll be a good time. She's up for a few awards, but I don't know if the AMAs matter really. I mean, was it a fan vote? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, then she will win. (laughs) She doesn't win fan votes. That's what I'm telling telling you. That goes against what I (laughs) said about the VMAs where she's won like everyone for the past however many years. Anyways, speaking of great performances yes please i don't know if you saw this this is just something that i have been recently into uh honey boo boo is on dancing (laughs) with the stars jr and i I did did not not, like 
I did not watch that show. I did not. I have not like followed her career. Oh, but yeah. somewhere or another popped up on Instagram. And I have just been, I'm like now <laughs> following her. I find her very entertaining. And she's on the dancing with, and she's the only person of any merit on there. So 100% <laughs> she's going to be sticking around for a while. Yeah. And I'm just uh, very excited. Have you heard about Dancing with the Stars Juniors? Do you have any thoughts on the fact that that is now a TV show? Um, no, I guess, I mean, I like her, I saw a headline that it was happening, but I didn't, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars and I don't, I don't know. I guess I just don't care. <laughs> but Honey but Boo Boo is so good? funny. I mean, I don't watch <laughs> I mean, Dancing I did with the Stars watch, regularly, but she's I saw great. Toddlers and Tiaras and she was great as like a six-year-old and I still remember her one-liners and like she was crazy and she got her own show and it was all... I saw a lot of those clips. <laughs> She's equally great as a 12-year-old at a dance yeah. competition. So, Well, so is it out. like, is it different? Because I feel like Dancing with the Stars, it's just the dancing. So are you seeing a lot more backstage or something? Like, how is she? Well, no, because I follow her on Instagram and she oh, posts videos all the time. So, you know, okay. she's talking about random crap and it's right. And she's pretty fun. I mean, she's like a 12 <laughs> year old who's just spouting off to the camera and it's yeah. unedited to a high degree. So it's great. Yeah. Okay. I'll check out her Instagram. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, let's be real. She's more interesting than <laughs> half the people you have to be following. So get it together. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I follow a lot of like travel vlo- bloggers and like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I haven't gotten into like the inspirational Instagram. So at least I've avoided that. I don't have any yeah, spower people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but gosh, no. <laughs> I do follow Busy Phillips. I don't know oh, if you're familiar yes. with her. Yeah, she's... she was. Um, <laughs> she's friends with um, uh, the, 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 Michelle the, Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's been in a few movies. She was just in I Feel Pretty. Um, but she started on this TV show called Freaks and Geeks. And she starred with James Franco. And she's releasing a memoir, of course, obviously. And she um, a chapter leaked about a s- instance with where filming Freaks and Geeks with James Franco. They're both 19-ish at the time. And she is told to like in the script to kind of push him playfully in the chest. And he freaked out because I guess he forgot how to read and didn't read that part and like grabbed her by her wrist and started shaking her and yelled like, don't you ever effing touch me again and slammed her to the ground. And like was basically just a total dick. And she like started crying and ran out to her like her trailer or whatever and they were like you have to report this and she's like i don't know and then he was like the the studio producers were finally like james you have to apologize and they like escorted him to her the next day and he was like i'm sorry you know like (laughs) like a fake apology you get your six-year-old son to tell the neighbor kid but so Anyways, it turns out, like, no surprise anywhere, but James Franco has been sort of a dick forever. And I just thought it was sort of a a classically sad story about 
the macho nature and the, you know, the hashtag me too, that's been haunting James Franco for a while now. Yeah. I don't understand how James Franco is like still a person working in Hollywood. Yeah. It seems to me like he would be an easy target to get rid of. He's done so many horrible things over the past, like however many years. I mean, he was in the spotlight for doing bad for like sexting <laughs> underage kids five yeah. years ago, way before yeah. the Me Too movement happened. So yeah. the fact that he's still making movies. I don't understand how that is Well, he's working. been pretty quiet because uh like last year like three sexual assault accounts came out against him and he's like he's been like these aren't true but i'm not gonna spend my energy like taking away from their voice or whatever and then ever since then like i haven't seen him in anything and i don't he's know he's definitely let me okay let me go to his imdb page because <laughs> yeah. he 100 i mean i'm in- sure he's not canceled but I feel like he's been trying to lay low for a little bit, so he's probably pissed that this came out now when he probably was hoping to make a make a comeback. <laughs> yeah, he was in that movie. Well, he was in the TV show The Deuce. He was in oh, the movie right. Kin that just the came Deuce. out that I don't think did well, but he was in it. Kin. Um, he has like ten upcoming projects, which I, none <laughs> of them I have heard of. But I do feel like I mean he is still working. You know, it's not yeah, like Kevin yeah, Spacey. Like, is. let me go look in Kevin Spacey's Instagram <laughs> and see if he is. Got yeah. 10 upcoming projects. <laughs> Probably not. Ne- one upcoming project, Gore, in 2018. Oh, wow. I that was before that. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing about James Franco, I was watching, like, Spider-Man 3 in preparation of Venom. And James Franco, is he a good actor? I don't know. Does Did he get better with age? Like, sometimes I watch him and I'm just like, I think he's not great, but maybe it's just the material. <laughs> I can't really hold Spider-Man 3 against anyone. I loved The Disaster Artist, which he wrote oh, yeah, and yeah, directed yeah. last year and was starred in. Yeah. And he was really good in that. And I really yeah. think that had not the allegations concerning him... Yeah arisen at that moment i mean he won the best actor at golden globes and then wasn't nominated at oscar because of those allegations in between which led to the strange denzel washington nomination for (laughs) roman j israel esquire which was a horrible movie and he was not great in but so (laughs) i mean he's he is a good actor i think he's funny in in like pineapple express and stuff but yeah, maybe maybe uh, Spider-Man 3 is not the best <laughs> place to look for anybody's greatest, you know, You're acting right. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Do you have any other news? So this is also sort of fresh off the press. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that James Gunn, who we had talked oh, about yes. a couple, like earlier this summer as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy who got fired because he had some crass tweets way back when now got picked up to direct the new Suicide Squad movie which is a huge deal because he was working for Marvel he had some of their biggest hits at Marvel now he's switching to DC and directing a movie there and I was like ugh but Suicide Squad so bad but apparently he's just (laughs) redoing it like it's not attached to the last Suicide Squad movie it's just a completely (laughs) new thing so they have a well, lot of good. trust in him and they're... Well, they're probably like, wow, yes, this is a steal. I think that's yeah. like exactly what they need to rejuvenate interest yeah. in their in their universe because it's been a mess. So hopefully, you know, he can make it more fun because Guardians was sort of the same for Marvel where it did like... 
it reinvigorated my interest in the universe, at least, because before that, you'd had like Captain America and Thor 2 and Iron Man 2, which were all very, very serious and kind of dry and boring. So it'll be interesting well, to see if he makes DC watchable. <laughs> and in the battle between DC and Marvel, I mean, Venom, I think, was one of the worst rated <laughs> Marvel movies among critics so at least marvel is yeah. like coming off of a bad a bad <laughs> movie maybe it? dc was maybe aquaman will be really good <laughs> this year like you don't know they could be on the upswing but isn't venom like isn't it owned separately like it's a sony picture it's not like a marvel disney f- picture which is well, interesting not yeah it's not the marvel cinematic universe right that all of the rest of them are funneled into but it is technically a marvel movie yeah so <laughs> it's a marvel character. i know but i think people are trying to distance it they're like oh this is sony's problem but <laughs> oh i'm <laughs> sure they bad. are <laughs> because it looked terrible did you see it <laughs> No, no. I was at <laughs> I was at dumb. home this weekend for a wedding and really didn't see anything other than oh, yeah. a Star is Born, which I saw it's Thursday Star's night Born. at ten thirty. And OMG, what Ooh. a nerd! Opening night. Should we talk about it? Is it the moment? I guess let's let's <laughs> let's dive in. What else? Do I'm we excited. To talk about what this week? I know. I've been waiting. I haven't texted you all week because I wanted I wanted to hear what you thought. Right now on the podcast live. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, so as you know, I have been in preparation to hate this movie (laughs) thoroughly for months now. Yeah. I was gone all weekend, so I had to either see it like last night, like right when I came back to New York, or I had to Uh see it like way early. So I went and saw it with a friend on Thursday night at the 1030 showing, which (laughs) I think... On one hand was a good choice, but on another hand was a huge mistake because it was all of these crazy fans who were clapping during parts of it, who were like the woman behind me was literally singing along to parts of the work, (laughs) to parts of the songs. They were taking pictures with like the posters outside. They were screaming. They were hollering at the part where he's you know says uh hey i want to get another look at you everyone was like jumping up and down it was a raucous (laughs) affair and also the movie so like the movie start time was supposedly i think it was actually 10 15 we had a half hour of previews so it didn't actually start till 10 45 and the movie is freaking two and a half hours long long. i did not get back to my apartment until two in the morning i was like (laughs) what is on a thursday i had to go to work the next morning so it was Was it it was an affair i do not think so I was really hoping you would just be like, oh, I have to apologize to all our listeners. It really does live up to the hype. But you think, do you think you were too harsh on it or do you think your expectations were met? Well, so I will say this. I think the movie that I thought it was going to be based on the trailers, it was Mm -hmm. not that movie, especially the first half of this. I really did enjoy and I thought it was a lot more low key, a lot more chill, a lot less Lady Gaga and her weird artsy philosophical (laughs) self. Like she was very tamed down, which in the trailer, I think they use like all of her like biggest weirdest moments and then the yeah. rest of her was just like a normal person in the movie so i really did like the first half the yeah. second half to two-thirds i felt like was really slow and really predictable and kind mm-hmm. of like 
sappy and maudlin and and i wasn't necessarily there for like a lot of those songs throughout the second half like they were just kind of whatever so on one hand it was better than i think i thought it was going to be but it wasn't one of those situations where i went in with low expectations and was just blown away like i would say this was a very like middle of the pack movie (laughs) for me there were things that were really good about it there were things that i thought were bad but it was just kind of meh i don't know what did you think? Oh, no. I was hoping it's just going to be a rough podcast because I I was underwhelmed, too. I was sort yes. of... I know. I feel bad because I've been like listening to podcasts, reading reviews, and I've been trying to like convince myself that I had just been poisoned by you somehow. But mm-hmm. I really just like the more I think about it, and I think it reminds me of, you know, three billboards last year, La La Land the yes. year before. I really struggle with these sh- movies that are just like overhyped and no one is stopping to really like question them. You know, like there are a lot of problems with this film that I think people are just glossing over because it stars Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and they do some things right. Like, like, I would argue it's a well-done movie. Like, I think... Yes. I think they all act pretty well. I think the production value is pretty good. I think there's a lot of pieces that work, but the story itself, like, really <laughs> frustrated me. And it, it wasn't even because it was shocking. It was because it was so... It's just been done, literally, before, like, four times. And it's just, like, over and over, yes. just redundant. And I'm just, like... Where's the value in it, you know? Yeah, it w- it's interesting, I think, that you compare it to La La Land because I feel like it could have a award season trajectory that is similar yeah. to La La Land that came out and everyone's like, yes, Queen, this is the best <laughs> movie ever. Like, I'm living for yeah. this. And then as the award season goes on and we get more of these, like, smaller, more thoughtful movies that really have a lot more to say people are like wait a second like la la land (laughs) is fine like it's a good movie it's fun to watch but do we really want to give it an oscar or do we really want to celebrate it above all of these other movies that are right maybe like a lot more thoughtfully made three billboards was just a disaster all the way around so (laughs) that i don't even want it like that was that was at a whole nother level i thought this was going to be three billboards and then it just turned out to be la la land and i was sort of disappointed (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's interesting you say like oh this movie doesn't have anything to say because it's entire thing it's like whole shtick is jackson maine the main character bradley cooper is constantly like you have to have something to say and it's like i was just waiting for this movie to like say something you know and it never really like dedicated itself to one theme or one interesting story except the like tragic romance at the heart of it but there wasn't like like, I think what was frustrating was the first half, like you said, I was really into and I like thought it was going to be great. And I was like, oh, these characters are cool. I really believed their chemistry, which I was surprised by. Yeah. And they were having so much fun together. And there were all these interesting little like seeds planted. Like, I think one of my favorites was like, you know, so they meet and they go to a bar after. Yeah. Do you want to like... um. Do you want to like recap the plot like really quick? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it out of myself. Basically, and it's a plot everyone knows, which I think is what I'm operating off of. But um, yes. there's this rugged celebrity singer, Jackson Maine, who's clearly like struggling with some alcoholism, some addiction issues, but he's like top of his 
top of his game and he runs into this woman who's clearly supremely talented but needs help like making it in the world and so as they fall in love she becomes more famous and he begins his downward trajectory and so it's sort of the journey of of their love and her rise at the star being born and so i don't know i think what was interesting was her character at the beginning was very like active and interesting like i was saying they're at this cop bar they're talking and some drunk cop comes up and is like hey you're jackson maine i want a photo i want a photo give me a photo and it starts to feel like oh there's like this statement on like celebrity and this like weird culture we have and then Allie, the girl punches this cop in the face like totally out of the blue like clearly with some rage And I thought, oh, like, it'll be interesting to see how she handles fame since she clearly detests this part of it. But that's never explored again. Oh, yeah, never. And I think that sort of thing, that sort of lazy, like, glossing over saying something more important was really frustrating to me because I I went into it, like, hearing all this stuff about how it's great, great, great. And I walked away wondering why, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the point you made about how... Bradley Cooper is constantly telling Lady Gaga, you can't just be a celebrity. You need to have something to say. Yeah. But it's like, what What has Bradley Cooper been saying in his <laughs> career? Or, you know, Jackson Maine, the musician. What has he been saying in his career? What does he want Allie, who is Lady Gaga's character, to say with her voice? Like, nobody is saying anything really right. other than the two of them really love each other. Which right. is great, but not necessarily like a message that you need to share with people. I think everybody knows kind of like what love looks like, what love feels like, what kind of love is good, what kind of love is bad. You know, it's not yeah. it's not a new message that needs to, you know, be broken out into the world of pop music. Every pop song <laughs> right. is about that. Yeah, and it was sort of like it seemed desperate to be like, oh, authenticity is the most important thing. And like, you have to be like, you have to believe in what you're doing in order to make it valuable. And like, his whole life is like dedicated to this idea that he's this tortured artist. And, and even his drinking is sort of like, not romanticized per se, because I think they handled his addiction really interestingly. But in the end, it is sort of like, he got it in a way she didn't until his ultimate, his final move kind of showed it for her. You know what I mean? And that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because it's sort of like, is that a valuable story to tell right now that like you can't like be real or feel anything unless you're this tortured, sad, depressed artist who's like (laughs) struggling with real demons and like that somehow is more authentic than like a pop star who's who's just enjoying the fame she's been given, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's very it's very kind of mixed up, I feel like. There's a lot of mixed messages here. I think that they were worried about hitting something too hard, and so they ended mm-hmm. up just kind of uh, being a little bit of everything and a little bit of nothing. Do yeah. You, let's talk about how this movie got to be made yeah this is the this is the, <laughs> the third fourth. remake the fourth version the fourth of a star remake. is born yeah which is crazy yeah uh, yeah i know it is and it's it does start to feel sort of like frankenstein's monster because there are leaps and like jumps made that you're kind of like wait why did that happen and it's just because it's paying homage to what it was before have you seen any of the other versions of this? No, I'd never heard of it until this. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me either. I think my mom knew the the two middle ones. So there's 
the oldest one, which is in like the 1930s, right? Yes. And that is about film stars. So it's not, it doesn't have a musical element in it at all. It's like an actor, an alcoholic actor who meets like a young actress. And then they, you know, she like is the rising star as an actress. Yeah. And that starred people I don't even remember. But then there was the Judy Garland version, which was like in the 50s-ish, right? Yeah. 1954. Yeah. And that one, there are also actors, but there's like a Broadway element. So there is some music to it. Yeah. And it was interesting. I was reading about it because it became this like huge part of like a toxic part of Judy Garland's life. And it was like art imitating life. And like she was really Mm. struggling with her demons. And so it was very like, I think that's a really well regarded film. I've never seen it, but I think it was like a big deal. And it too was like a three hour long movie. So (laughs) yeah. Uh So there's a lot. (laughs) And then in the 70s, there's Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson, who I think their version is maybe the closest to this because that's actually yeah. about like a rock star and then a musician. Who, yeah. When I when I was reading the <laughs> like plot synopsis online, Barbara Streisand is in a band called the Oreos, where she <laughs> yeah. is like a white woman and she has two black backup singers. And I was like, ooh, well that that is not <laughs> yeah. playing well today. It like, age well. Yeah. maybe let's not rewatch this one. <laughs> Yeah, people thought that one was pretty bad. I think it was a huge failure in the box office. And it was like a vanity project for Barbara Streisand, who like complained that there weren't enough close ups. So (laughs) maybe Bradley Cooper took that to heart because there were a lot of close ups in his. But oh, yeah, I think it's interesting because this is a story Hollywood keeps going back to. And I think I've mentioned it before, but like, Hollywood loves movies about show business. They love movies about the art, the artist's journey, you know, and you can feel that indulgence here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, guys, get over yourselves, you know? Because it is Mm. bizarre. Bradley Cooper is directing this. Bradley Cooper is starring this. This is Bradley (laughs) Cooper's movie from beginning to end. And to think that he, as an actor who has a lot of clout and is really good in a lot of things, he's been nominated a lot of times for Oscar. He Mm -hmm. hasn't won, but he's been nominated. For him to look at all of the possible projects (laughs) that he can do and think, you know what? I want to do the fourth remake of a movie that, you know, didn't do so well at the last time. And really, like, I'm not going to put any new spins on it other than just moving it into the 21st century. Yeah. It seems like such a bizarre choice. Like, why, why do you think that this movie, like, leapt off the page to him as something that he needed to make and he needed to star in? Well, what's interesting is it was originally picked up by Clint Eastwood to be remade starring yes. Beyonce. and Which that's would have like, been a better movie. Yeah, that's interesting because one, it's Beyonce. And two, it introduces this interracial like element to a story that, that, hope, that helplessly modernizes it. Whereas this is like there's jet planes and stuff, but otherwise it could have taken place whenever. And so I think it's just like the ego of it all. Like... He, Bradley Cooper in an interview was like, I've been, I want to play six roles in my life and I've played like four of them. And it's like the soldier and the, I don't remember all of them, but he was like, and this was the rock star and now I want to play a conductor. So he has this weird like vision of his life. And so. Like a train conductor? <laughs> no, no. Like a musical, like a musician. Oh, like a, oh. <laughs> like, you know. I was like, is a that a classic role? Like, uh, there's yeah. six roles I want to play. A train yeah. conductor, a hot dog salesman, a cleaning woman. Yeah. You know, Those would be more interesting. But 
I, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just the ego of it. Like, it's just like, and Bradley Cooper, like, put a lot of himself into this, which I think some people respect. And you could argue it is like, wow, he took voice coach lessons to learn how to mimic Sam Elliott so he could then ask Sam Elliott to be in the film with him. But he also, like, put his own doctor in the movie and, like, had all his own friends in the movie. And it's just, like, like a vanity project. So I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, old enough that he knew no one, like, none of the, like, general audience, like, you and I would, like, know the old stuff, but that it would be seen as, like, oh, this is a classic move for a, for a new artist to take on A Star is Born because... I think a lot of the reviews do focus on that and how it's like a perfect project for Lady Gaga and a perfect project for Bradley Cooper because it's like been done before to like resurrect and deconstruct these careers of these great artists in our past. Yeah. I I am just upset that I read online that it could have starred Will Smith and Beyonce. (laughs) How much better would this movie have been if it was Will Smith and Uh, Beyonce and instead of like weird folksy rock pop (laughs) people it was like a a rapper and like an r&b star like oh my gosh yeah. i would have then i would that then would've i would have been, been at the premiere premiere like <laughs> clapping taking pictures of the sign singing along <laughs> in front of an annoyed person with a notebook yeah. like it would have been great but well that's what's crazy to me too because it's like again all this like oh my gosh what a great film oh my gosh so good so important so wonderful so well done but it's like uh, surface level, this is a very white movie. This is a very masculine movie. This is like not challenging any perception of like traditional gender roles or dynamics. Like it's very old school. And so it's sort of like, why do people think this is so good or like important or necessary right now? Because you know, like you said, Will Smith and Beyonce, that would be interesting. That would be tuning into the music of today and like really making a relevant, you know, position on like racial relationships and giving voice to like actors who are of a minority. And so it's sort of like, but instead we got these two white people who have a very white circle until they like randomly pull in POCs for like one-off scenes <laughs> and Dave Chappelle. Hello. And yes, it was just sort of like, wow, this movie is just about music that isn't popular anymore, but somehow we're supposed to believe he sold out stadium tours. And it's about like how, I don't know. I just sort of like, I wanted it to be more important and to say something more interesting and it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, it's it's interesting that in this climate where I mean not not every movie has to say something that's super right. important. I mean like there are lots of movies that are good just because you know they're telling an interesting story. With, yeah. But I think the problem with this is that it's not necessarily telling a new story. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily putting an a new twist on an old story. It's not saying something particularly important to society today. I don't yeah. think I mean the acting is good but i wouldn't say that there's a- acting here that's necessarily leaps and bounds better than acting in a lot of other movies so yeah. i just am struggling to differentiate it like what puts this movie in your top five for the year versus in like the 20s like i feel like there's lots of movies that have come out this year that are more interesting that have more to say you know something like eighth grade comes out and it feels to me like so fresh and so original and the acting in that is so well done and it's and it's a story that's relatable to humans 
all across the United States, mm-hmm. but is kind of shedding a light onto something that I don't think that we people think about and is talking about social media. Like there's just so much there in yeah. that film that I think you can latch onto and say, this is a great movie and this is important for people to see because of X, Y, and Z. Where this movie, right. I don't I don't see the importance of it. But I guess maybe yeah. we beat that horse to death <laughs> a little bit at this point. I know. I just think it's like, I think people, one, get caught up in the star power of like Lady Gaga being like just a normal woman. And you get to kind of yeah. reimagine her stardom, like rise to stardom. But it is interesting that it's like, I think it got burdened by the fact that it has this story, that it's staying so true to the original story. Like... Even the exchange in the like the famous one of like, hey, I just want to take another look at you. That's from the last two movies. Like it's a literal line they just picked up and put in. And it just like started to feel like they were rushing from point A to point B, not because it made sense for the characters or made an interesting story, but because that's where they needed to get to, you know? And so it was sort of like frustrating to watch because I wanted them to slow down and like pick something to like focus on. But instead the second half started to feel like a, a series of montages instead of like a real character driven piece that said something interesting. There is a disconnect, I feel like, because the first maybe hour of the movie is basically all like one within 24 hours. It's like they meet at this bar. It's them hanging out like over through the night. Like they're at one bar, they're at another bar, they're outside a convenience store. Like them just hanging out and being people and then her like going to his concert the next day. It's very focused on like these granular level details. Mm -hmm. And then basically as soon as she gets a record contract, it switches where it's like, okay, (laughs) now we're in montage mode. We're going to be covering like months at a time <laughs> we're like every scene with lady oh, the Gaga, timeline she has a was very confusing yeah, yeah like a different hairdo or you know it's like she's she's like progressed a step in her in her <laughs> yeah. career but but i read one thing that i had heard i think in another podcast is they were saying that this movie when he was finished shooting it off the script was three and a half hours long oh and that gosh. he had to cut it down to this length of two and a half hours and they said that they thought that is what led to a lot right. of these issues in the second half of where scenes yeah just kind of like cut off at random parts and start back up in the middle of something and mm-hmm. you feel a little bit kind of like lost in it yeah it's and like very discombobulating that, yeah so I guess to move in kind of bouncing off of this but to move into like talking about the performances let's talk about bradley cooper and also sam elliott who plays bradley (laughs) cooper's older brother and their plot line which from what i can see is not in the other movies i was looking online to see if like there was a character who plays the older brother if this backstory was in the previous three versions and i could not find it and for me i I found this one of the most confusing parts of the movie (laughs) i have no idea what is going on with bradley cooper his dead dad (gasps) his older brother his brother's like 30 years older than him they both have the same voice but bradley cooper stole his voice whatever that means like he uh, like the older brother burned down the farm it was i was so (laughs) lost in all of these scenes and a lot of people are talking about Sam Elliott, the older brother, being nominated and winning an Oscar for this role. And he does mm. play some of these scenes really well. But I have no idea why he's so upset because <laughs> I have no idea what the background of the three of them are. Did you follow well, any of that? <laughs> I think that was one thing that like annoys me in these sort of like highbrow films is they kind of just think, I don't have to explain things because if you don't get it, then you don't deserve to get it. And I think it's like the same here is you're kind of thrown 
in the middle of things, which is fine. We don't need the full backstory and like flashbacks. But I think what I got was Bradley Cooper was like the unexpected son of this really old dude who already had kids before him. So I'm pretty sure they were half brothers. That's my hot take. Yes. And I think um, that is true. And so eventually when his dad, who seemed to be abusive to some degree or like a bad drunk at least, died, his older brother sort of had to come back and give up his dreams of singing to take care of this guy. And so I think when he says like, oh, you took my voice, it meant like he could be everything that I wanted to be because of whatever, you know, he had something to say or whatever. Yeah. And so it was like, it was sort of this like rivalry, but like brotherhood The older brother who knew how bad his dad actually was didn't actually have the sentimental attachment to the farm he'd been gifted. And so he sold it. And the and Jackson was was betrayed by this because he romanticized his father. But it was very confusing. And I think that was true of all their backstories, because Allie has a throwaway line with her dad, too, who's like a New Yorker living in L.A. or something. And. Well, like... that's a whole nother thing. Have you read all the articles about how they yeah. couldn't figure out where yeah, Lady Gaga like, where is this located? Yeah. I also it was, was like... very confused throughout the whole movie. Because they're like, private well, she's jets a plane flying to up. Yeah. yeah, it was like, where is I this? just think it didn't matter because they're like, oh, the art, like it's a fairy tale. But I'm like, no, it does matter because it's distracting. But I think similarly, like she when he first tries to pursue her and is like, get on the private plane and go to my concert, her dad's like, you have to do it. It's Jackson, Maine. And she's like, he's a drunk daddy. We both know how that ends or something. And I was sort of like, oh, like, was her mom a drunk? Did something happen with her dad? Like, are we going to see this interesting dynamic where she's torn because she knows how these stories end, but she falls in love with Jackson? But no, it's never like, it's never explained, never explored. And it's just sort of like this throwaway line. And the movie's just like peppered with these moments where you think, oh, this is it. This is going to be the emotional crux of the film. But then it just, it never revisits it. And so, yeah, they became really distracting to me. Like, And then there's also the whole plot line where Bradley Cooper is like losing his hearing. He's oh, going yeah. <laughs> deaf, which is kind of yeah. thrilled about, but then ne- it's never resolved at the end. Right. And I thought that that was going to play a part of something at some point. Yeah. And maybe the fact that he was deaf led to him like being an alcoholic. Right. But if that was the case, that that was never explicitly stated <laughs> for me. I was so I was so lost throughout the whole second half with all of these weird backstories. Yes. And honestly, the thing that was most crazy to me was just like her rise to stardom felt really inauthentic in a movie all about authenticity because it was like, what's the timeline here? Like, how long has this happened? Like, I was literally like thinking about, well, what's the Grammy cutoff date? Like, how did she get nominated for this? Yes. Like, for <laughs> these that, awards? That's what but, we're like, <laughs> thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this doesn't make sense sense like she suddenly has a billboard in downtown LA because of one single or like her new album is like big enough to get an international tour I was sort of just like I was confused as to why they were forcing this down our throats because it seemed like she could have had a rise to fame without it being like that extreme and sudden and like weird because it just felt like really like Halsey showed up and you're just like, what is happening? And Alec Baldwin is there for a hot second. And I was just like, well, yeah, why? You know, <laughs> with the timeline, it's like she she's 
does the season finale of yeah. SNL, which would be like yeah. May. And she, at that yeah. point, like, she must have at least a couple songs out. Yeah. But then, yeah, she, she then, the Grammys are like the next That's winter. Right. So I guess technically yeah. she could have like an album come out that summer and that would qualify. And then she would, and then she won Best New Artist. Yeah. Which, like weak category anyways but um uh so so like she could, yeah it no it was like all very fast the fact that yeah. she had it was headlining an international <laughs> tour after yeah. one out like winning best new Arts. i don't know and then her songs also for oh my god for her being a pop star let's get into the music shall yeah. we because yeah. for her being a pop star and not necessarily like a country star or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt like the folksy songs in the movie were much better than her pop songs that she had supposedly For won sure. people over with. That song yeah. that she sings at SNL, which is supposedly like her big one, that like boy looking at you boy. with your yeah. ass like that or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I was like, if you played this on the radio, no one would listen to it. Like, this is garbage. It's not yeah. good. It's not catchy. I have not once since seeing that movie been like humming it <laughs> to myself. Think of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was sort of like, that's where I was confused too. Just like logically in the film, I was like, she was made a viral hit for these songs. She sang with Jackson Maine. That's how she got noticed, how she got picked up. And then suddenly, instantly they're like, JK, that's what you're known for, but we're going to totally disregard that fan base you've built and create this new persona where you have to dye your hair because otherwise it won't work. And it just was like, it didn't feel like that's how it would work really in the industry because she'd already been recognized for something. And then she just totally disavowed it and became total pop. And I wasn't sure in the movie if we were supposed to think she was a sellout or not. Yes, yes. That's that's another good question because (laughs) her songs are crap. And at one point, Bradley Cooper's character kind of confronts her about how her songs aren't good and she mm-hmm. kind of rebuffs him but it never we never get the scene where she's like you're right I was right. a sellout and I didn't mean to be because I feel like that's what that was problematic with the end I guess if yeah. we're gonna get into spoilers here at the end you know he kills himself yeah because he's trying course. to save her hero. career <laughs> i guess yeah. because she's like wants to sacrifice herself for him but then which not even really oh, but and it, she's gonna skip her international tour and just do it like a u.s tour yeah so bad because yeah. she wants to stay with him because he is out of rehab and he's like well then i have to commit suicide because that's the yeah. only way that this can go forward But I think because that suicide is coming, they feel like she doesn't have to at any point acknowledge the fact that she is a sellout. It's like her arc isn't about being a sellout or not. It's about falling in love with him and then having him dying. Yeah. Which is confu- which is why I think her character falls flat in the second half. She's yes. so good in the first half. And in the second half, as soon as that talent agent shows up, that's really <laughs> what does it. The moment, because yeah. that is not a real person. That yeah. talent agent I have seen in 7,000 different movies who's yeah. so smarmy. He's the one. Yeah. He's the reason why Bradley Cooper kills he himself. Takes him he's aside. the reason yeah. everything goes wrong. And for Ooh. this movie, having like an excess of backstory for all mm-hmm. 700 of these characters, that guy has none. <laughs> The shallowest yeah. <laughs> person ever. 
Yeah, I think that is honestly what really ruined the movie for me was Allie's character arc because it was like I was like, wow, interesting. She's cool. She's spirited. She has all this gumption. She's given this moment by Jackson, but it's like she makes a choice to step out. She like owns it. She does really well. And I was like, cool. And then suddenly it just because she just becomes this like empty vessel for these dudes to like project themselves onto. And I think by the end of the movie, I was so frustrated because it wasn't clear if we were supposed to think she was a sellout, but it was sort of implied by the way Jackson clearly saw her as a sellout. And yes. and like she's given these throwaway lines where she's like, oh, I'm not going to be a blonde. But then she dyes her hair red. And so it's yes. like, oh, wow, what a victory. Like, congrats to you. And she's like, I don't want the backup dancers. But then she has the backup dancers. And then it's like they have this fight in the bathtub where he calls her a sellout, basically. And she's like, how dare you? But then they just make up and they go on with their lives. And then she like wins a Grammy and he totally embarrasses her. But she does it on stage. (laughs) He pisses himself. It's so disturbing and sad and truly like a cringe moment. And it was still like never really addressed. Grammys was hideous. So ugly. It was so bad. It was just like ugly, ugly, ugly. It was like prairie. (laughs) It's like, oh, who's your stylist? Get out of here with that hair and that gold. Gross. But it was like everything about her just came back to what Jackson saw of her. And it was like, even in the end, I hate this. Like, this is definitely a trope. This happens in so many films where the dude is like, Oh, I have to save you from yourself. And so I'm going to either leave or I'm going to die or whatever it is. They just like, are like, I have to make this sacrifice for you. And it's just like, it drives me not he could have talked to her he could have said actually babe i fully support your cool career and you should definitely go on tour but instead he's like you know what i can't i can't let her do this for me so i am going to go and kill myself and let her deal with the fallout which i'm gonna assume she still didn't go on tour because her husband just killed himself so (laughs) well and also or he could have just not he could have stopped being an exactly. alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that's another option of something that he could have done. For yeah. Her. Like I feel like killing himself was an easy way right. out at this point. And then like because it it removed the responsibility exact- from him. And then at the end, she sings at his Ugh, funeral, yeah. and the song is basically "I Believe I Can Fly." <laughs> that she just changed the words to. Well, not only that, I felt but like I was watching Space but Jam. That at was the like end. a really annoying moment to me because it was like. I don't know. The story was all about her finally getting her moment because when she's first introduced, her dad's sort of talking about how there's, and even Jackson Maine says, there's so many talented people. There's so many talented people, but you have to have this one thing to help you. You have to have, you have to fit a certain mold or you have to be someone to be listened to. And so it's like, finally she gets her voice and she's like being heard. And I was like, cool. She's a pop star. That's freaking sick. She has an international tour within a year and that's awesome. And that should be a, praised and she's closing SNL and that's cool but it was always played as like oh what a cheap like what a loser she didn't struggle she didn't fight for this and she had it had just all happened before the movie and then the ending was like he dies and yeah she goes to this like in memoriam concert and she's like instead of being Allie the like single named pop star she created she introduces herself as Allie Maine and that's meant to be like this romantic like authentic moment where she's like look I'm still my husband's wife like I'm still like 
it like robs her of her individuality, which it's not like I don't I don't care that she took his name, but I felt like that was supposed to be a big moment. And she had she dyed her hair back to her natural color. She was no longer wearing as much makeup. It was like, oh, she was finally exactly what he had wanted her to be all along. And she was like, I'm finally going to do what he always wanted of me because that's like what he deserves for. And that's what he motivated me to do. And it just felt like really like gross to me. And I don't know. I just was sort of like, is that the message we need to give people is like, oh, how romantic that he died. And like now I understand myself. I don't know. Yeah, it was cringy. I mean, the part where she says that her name and then yeah. his last name is something that happened in yeah. all the movies. So I think that's just exactly. a holdover. But it's it's another reason why. Like, why would you make this movie now? <laughs> yeah. it, there's nothing here that screams, like, make right. this now. I guess let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, like, how this movie has yeah. done in the box office and then how we think it's going to fare at yeah. Oscar. Because it, it debuted at $42 million, which is good. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. solid debut, but it didn't beat yeah. Venom in the box office this week. Yeah. And the budget was $36 million. So, I mean, like, it's going to do fine, but it's not going to be, you know, a Black Panther or Infinity yeah. War or something like that. And I don't know if that will it necessarily affect its chances at Oscar? I don't think this has any shot at winning Best Picture. Do you think it does? Well, if it does, it's because Hollywood loves show business movies. And that's just like, that's their bread and butter. They they really just see themselves in this poor, tortured soul and this woman who has to like realize what she's lost to become her true self. And it's just like eye roll but but I would hope it's so early in the award seasons that everything else will kind of push it to the sideline and I also can't really see this winning best actress Mm -hmm. like as good as Lady Gaga is in this I think that for this really being her first movie there there's going to be somebody else you know like Glenn Close was in Mm -hmm. The Wife which I saw and was mediocre but she is really good in that and she's been nominated six times and Mm -hmm. it's never won so i feel like if it comes down to people voting for glenn close or lady gaga that yeah lady gaga is gonna lose but what i'm concerned about is i think that this year's acting category might be slightly Mm -hmm. weak and that people think okay the movie was good bradley cooper directed the movie bradley cooper was an actor in the movie let's give bradley cooper an oscar (laughs) sort of as like a yeah like a congrats bro token for all of the good things in the movie (laughs) yeah Yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because again like i thought the movies like machinations were good like it was a well done movie but it was just like yes. not a great movie. And so it is like hard to say like, oh, do they deserve it? Do they not? Like, I don't know, because I think a lot of it does come down to like the popularity angle and like and he did do something mm-hmm. like cool and like he dedicated himself to it. And like, I really believe he thought it was great. I think the female characters really I mean, sorry, the female character, because there's only one really struggled. But I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it is sort of like people love celebrating these sort of, oh, wow, what a start to your future, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think it also is probably going to win Best Song, which is frustrating to me because Kendrick Lamar's song from 
Oh yeah, Black Panther is yeah. so good. Yeah, but it's not. And I want it's that not to win. Artiste, but, you know, uh, that doesn't know. fit the. <laughs> I know the usual mold. It doesn't. I know, but that's the thing. The last yeah. song, everyone was like, "Oh, this is her. This is her. I will always love you." Moment, and I was sort of like, I really liked. No. I liked no. the songs in this movie mostly. I didn't know if they were great lyrically, but that's like another conversation. But the closing number, I was yeah. sort of like waiting for more of an emotional punch. And I was just like waiting for something. Yeah. But I think that was just part of Allie's character was like, I never really felt like there was something like deeper maybe to her. And so it was sort of like, oh, she's singing mm-hmm. this love song that he wrote about his perspective about her. So it's not even like her voice or her story or her thing to say it's his and so it was just sort of like okay well thanks thanks for that karaoke you know i don't know and for as good as her voice is i mean like in i will always love you whitney houston like hits yeah. that note that you can hear it in a grocery store and yeah. you get chills where this song does not have i think that like moment where like the it just like shifts and you're like wow right. like it's a good song and she sings it well but there's not that moment to it where it just like hits right. you over the head with how amazing it is no i agree but do you have any other thoughts to wrap up i loved the drag queen <laughs> oh they More were so great yeah i know and that's the thing is i like i think i do have to talk a little bit about dave Chappelle because that was just like such a weird moment in the film for me was they're just like let's bring him in he was in one and i was like who is this guy how did they end up here like why is he here and and then why is his name noodles (laughs) but this is like a huge part of the story because ali shows up because he he went on a bender like he disappeared on a bender she shows up and instead of like reaming into him she's just like i'll never deal with this again spoiler alert she definitely does so it's like <laughs> spoiler alert: they get married. Yeah. So yes, you will. Be I was dealing so with frustrated it. with it because Dave Chappelle's character has this like moment that's in the trailer with Jackson, and he's like, "I've never seen you so happy." And it turns out he's referring to watching the YouTube video of him singing with Allie. And so then Allie shows up to his house. Jackson, who's like trying to rescue the one good thing in his life, this relationship, decides to propose to her right there in the weirdest way possible. And then Dave. Chappelle's character is like, yeah, let's do this, kids. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. He's a drunk. He has clear issues. Maybe you should be like, hey, you're an enabler. Let's think about this. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't need my dad here. No way. That's fine. Let's just do this today. And I was really annoyed. And I think that just like was the theme of the last half to me was just like, it didn't matter what she wanted. It didn't matter who she was. It was all about how he saw her and at and what he wanted to do for her and what he hoped she would be. And so it just became like really nauseating for me. And I don't know. I don't know why people are ignoring that part of me because like this movie didn't pass the Bechdel test. It was very white. It like it had a lot of issues with like the male gaze and toxic masculinity. And like I just kept waiting for someone to be like, oh, this was fun. But there is this problem to it. And I never really saw that nuance. And it just made me more frustrated with the movie even afterwards because I'm just like, where's the hype, people? What's this about? <laughs> oh. I th- I think it I think it's because the people who are usually the type of people who come for those types of 
things in movies yeah. love Lady Gaga yeah. and love a musical. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the the people who this movie is for are the same people who are coming for you know True Grit because it doesn't have enough. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, like minor like the people who don't like this movie already are the people who who wouldn't bring those things right. up. Like my dad isn't going to like this movie. My dad also is not <laughs> going to complain that a movie does not have a diverse enough cast. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just like, it just like started to really irritate me that he was always saying like, you're better than this. You're better than this. Well, meanwhile, he was getting drunk. He was pissing himself on stage. He was a total mess. He was playing to like, uh, he he like played to some corporate event and it was just like you're the sellout oh, here yeah, that was a it's weird like, part too you're yeah. the you're the one who's not saying anything anymore like why are you getting on her case like get over yourself dude and i was just like does no one see the hypocrisy here like i don't know <laughs> the more that i think about this movie and the more that i think about the like random scenes that were in it <laughs> yeah. the more i'm like what the f w- even was this like I know uh, I have like a whole uh, list of long questions but the good thing was there was the cutest dog ever to grace our screens in this movie and he was so yes, precious yes the dog was and great. it turns out it's his real dog Bradley's yeah, real dog he's, he hired his real uh, dog and I'm, I'm so jealous the dog deserves better <laughs> yeah. yeah between the dog and the drag yeah. queens and Anthony Ramos the three of them like tri- like almost saved the movie yeah. but then didn't quite yeah and the dog had the most emotional part for me honestly I like almost teared up when the dog was like waiting outside the garage door after <laughs> Bradley Cooper kills himself I was like oh my gosh that poor dog what a good boy <laughs> My, the emotional, most emotional part for me was when Bradley Cooper was trying to find beer. That <laughs> yeah. was, that was, I felt, You're I like, really oh, felt man, for him. We've in all that been moment. there. <laughs> Pull over here. So yeah. it's got somebody, any, anybody else, anybody. Oh, yeah, this bar got <laughs> yeah. sure. Great. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to have to say this again. He's all like, you need to be authentic. But he fell in love with her because she was literally doing karaoke at a drag bar. You know what I mean? It's like, he fell in love with yeah. a persona, so whatever, Jackson. Well, I mean, maybe he fell he in love with her in, when she yeah, had the yeah. keys taped to her hand. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was No, it was. was a very sweet moment in the grocery store in the grocery store parking lot. So I'm not meaning to rob that, but I just think he should appreciate the power of artifice. You know, it's like he was enraptured by her lovey on Rose, so he seems like he could have given the pop star a chance. <laughs> I am very glad that you came around <laughs> to my point of view on this. And really, I had to do very minimal heavy lifting on this podcast. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be like butting heads the whole way. But really, you grabbed that baton from me and ran. I, I like just sat here most of the time and like <laughs> dish on how much you hated this. And just like when I left, I was just like, huh. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, wait. And then the more I read about it, I was just like, oh, my word. Is anyone going to just shut up about this movie? But it's just like I I feel like insecure putting this podcast out in the world because I feel like people will just be like, oh, classic Shelby. She just hates things that are popular. But 
I swear, these are real problems and people need to really pay attention to them. I feel like people said, my boss today, he came back and he was like, I saw Star is Born this weekend. He was like, did you like it? I was like, "Mm, no, not really. It was fine. It was whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what was the last movie you liked? And I was like, (laughs) I do. Like, there are movies that I really like. I got an early press screening of The Hate You Give, which we're covering in a couple weeks. And P.S. like, it is amazing. It is a very good movie. And I'm sure that everyone will like it. It will not be a weird Right, that I have that like oh this like really bad movie that Matthew actually really <laughs> likes like no sometimes yeah. I do agree with mainstream opinions on things yeah I just don't blindly go along with them if they're garbage views yeah like, we're not this sheeples movie was good. yeah exactly yeah, no we are independent <laughs> thinkers we're telling the gospel which is why <laughs> I would like to bring up the next segment oh, yes. of our podcast where I get to talk about how much I like the current season of Survivor <laughs> which is airing oh, no. right now okay shelby are you watching no i'm not i'm not i'm gonna be honest Ugh. i haven't watched survivor since i don't know i was probably like 12 has it been going that long well this is season 37 <laughs> uh so yes it has been it's survivor david versus goliath oh, no. so therefore they've been really shoehorning these uh, like themes yeah. onto the show because you know after a while yeah, they run out of try. things so the theme of this season is one of the tribes is like basically all people who went through a lot of adversity early on in their life so let's say the alleys of the uh, <laughs> of the world versus the goliaths who are people who are basically like born wealthy and are still really powerful yeah so we i don't know the, the, it's and some of the people on the tribe, you're like, wait, why are that? Like, there's a bartender who's on the Goliath tribe. And you're like, how did he like, wh- how, what, what about bartending is a Goliath? And then there's like <laughs> lawyers. On it. It's it's a whole mix up. But the season is really fun. It's two episodes in. So you can catch up, Shelby. Yeah. The first episode, a man had to get medically evacuated because he was on a boat ride and like busted his back and like could not <laughs> breathe. And they had to cart him off. So wow. it's very real. All kinds of stuff. There was a cyclone that happened. Yeah. It's, it's very engaging. You should definitely check it out all of our viewers <laughs> i'm sure will love it if they check it out as well yeah so oh well good that's my love for yeah me. i'm happy you don't for have you. to respond i'm happy you can for just, you, uh, you yeah. Can just, yeah you can just go on with whatever your thing is well i don't think no you watch what I'm, and say, i don't... <laughs> i think i might look into that i think you don't i don't think you watch what i'm gonna bring up so it'll be it'll be a fair trade but um i okay. am excited because the good place started up again and if you don't watch it, you should. And I think it's one of those that the first half of the first season, I was sort of like, what is this? And I was really not into it. But it really won me over with its charm and its cast. And it's really quick-witted and really well-written. And it keeps making r- bold choices. So right now, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's an exciting season because they changed the location and it's just been really good. And I'm glad to see that some network television is still good because I've been doing my prep for one of our upcoming episodes, watching all the new fall TV. And I've got to say, I don't have much hope for network television, but the good place gives me some. So... That's one I can give my my vote of approval for. It's into season three now. Well, Survivor's also network TV. So <laughs> oh, two great us. network TV shows. Yeah, look at that. There is some hope for those 
good old network TV channels. I have also been watching the <laughs> network TV pilots, I and I I am very excited for that podcast because we're going to be ranking all yeah. of the like what are there like fifteen new shows or whatever, yeah. and it is going to be like a race for the bottom <laughs> with a lot of these. Like yeah. they are bad. I was surprised by a couple that I ended up liking a little bit, but I'm trying. I started watching. T- like episodes two for some of them and realize I can't do that because it'll sway my <laughs> my vote. So I'm just going off of oh. pilots alone because some of the okay. second episodes really convinced me I, I gave it two high marks in the first, but <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'm just watching the first episodes and then maybe if there's a couple shows that I like really like, then I'll keep watching yeah. them. But otherwise, they're only getting the one episode, one and done for a yeah. lot of these bad boys. <laughs> Exactly. But I'm glad we could finally, you know, get some closure on your thoughts on um, A Star is Born. And now the best news is you never have to see that trailer again. Ah, thank the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. So good things do happen. Now I can just watch the trailer for, what is it, Hunter Gatherer or whatever (laughs) it is, that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Hunter Killer. Yeah. Such a good one. That comes out next week, I think. Maybe it's in two weeks. Uh, but we're not covering no. it on the podcast. Next week, we're doing First Man, oh. another big Oscar contender. I know. I'm not going to like that. With La La Land <laughs> links again. So we'll see we'll if people, see. if we like yeah. this one better or worse than A Star is I'm Born. I'm sure it'll be better. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a low bar. Yeah. Low bar to get over. <laughs> But if you enjoyed this episode, uh, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would love to have a review. Yes. Um, and find us on Twitter, there. Instagram, Facebook, P.S. You're Wrong. And you can also um, send us an email at P.S. You're Wrong at Gmail. <laughs> I don't know if we've yeah. gotten any. And we respond to comments. Like, we are responding <laughs> oh, to we all love kinds comments. of things. <laughs> yes. Yes. So please comment on our social media stuff and we will be right there to like (laughs) debate the crap out of it. Yes, exactly. I can't wait to hear all the hot takes on our hot take on A Star is Born. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? Don't comment on our pictures if it's just going to be, I really like this movie. I think Lady Gaga is great (laughs) because this movie is crap and you know it. We should have convinced you. And if not, listen again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or just go see the movie again, yeah. because I think that could also convince you. Yeah. Uh, but until next time, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yay. Bye. Bye.